Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. We've got full compliment today, everyone's here and we're all talking football. Talking games from last week, games from this week, football news and anything else that we could find that's football related. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening along on iTunes, SoundCloud or in fact wherever you get your podcast, it's all good. But if you could subscribe, like, share, comment, gift it to friends and family for Christmas, that would be amazing. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Oh my word, I'm not even ready. I'm kidding. I'm never ready. Okay, so, um, what are we doing? It's a football podcast. One day, in the near future, probably in the new season, this podcast will definitely get a name. Uh, but for for this for, for time being, at this moment, it is the football podcast. Does exactly what they said on the tin. We talk about uh, sewing and knitting mostly. Uh, so uh, I'll hand you over to the host who has more than the most, Paul Williams, and he's going to uh, tell us where exactly we're going. Yeah, well, uh, as uh, as Andy's alluded to, there. Welcome along, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to give you uh, your weekly fix. Of mainly championship-based nonsense, but we'll, we'll go into the uh, the wider footballing arm as uh, as when we get on to the, the this week in football later on. Something rather in uh, something rather interesting, I suppose, happened last night. But we'll get to that. Uh, so um, before we get into this week in football, we'll do last week in football in as much as we'll go through last week's results. Now then, uh, last week's results, there was only three games to predict. Now I believe this is becoming a bit of a theme because I'm reliably informed by the uh, the host of the Getting Over podcast that there are only three games to predict this week. I have put those games in the book and we'll come to those shortly. But as Paul pointed out, we're talking last week's football. We start with an absolute beauty. The WBA, the Women's Basketball Association, went up against Matt's favourite team, the Nottingham Forest. And, I mean, can they fit more goals in 90 minutes? Because this one was an absolute, I tell you, Matt... How many goals were scored in this game? I mean, come on, it's it's ridiculous. There was no goals scored in this game at all. Um, <clears throat> but it was quite an entertaining match. Um, of course, with it being on the old sky, I, I watched it. Um, <clears throat> and it was quite an enjoyable match. It was quite um, back and forth. Both teams got a chance to kind of dominate parts of the match. Um, unfortunately for Forrest, uh, West Brom got their player sent off late on in the second half so they couldn't really capitalise on it 
Um, but a quite an evenly matched game uh, for you know two clubs, kind of one one that Forest kind of aiming to make move, make move up the table, and West Brom kind of trying to cling on to where they uh, they are at the moment, but seem to be struggling a bit. But uh, yeah, decent game, no goals. No goals. Now, in a prediction situation where we like to predict goals and uh, goal scorers, when you've got neither, you know, one goes hand in hand with the other, what you end up with is no points. However, there is a loophole. Because, let's say, for example, somebody didn't put nil-nil, but somebody put 1-1. Technically, that is still a draw. And technically, that would get you points. Wouldn't it, Paul? And they would, Andrew. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. So, uh, seeing as he's in the room, we've given him a point for his 1-1 draw. Um, but, that is, that's that. That's it. That's all the points. However, that little that little smirk, that little cheeky grin for getting the only points in that game can only get bigger. How could it get bigger? How? Well, Huddersfield took on the mighty Borough. So, how did this game unfold? Well, Andrew. Well. This would be the uh, the old the old chestnut of uh, Huddersfield Town one, Middlesbrough two. Lovely stuff. Who scored the goals of the three uh, so there was, goals? There was a brace for Duncan Watmore. Technically, all three goals were scored by Middlesbrough players. As right at the end of the game, as in literally, I think they, I think they scored, and then Middlesbrough took the kick off, and the game ended because it was in the ninety-fourth minute. I think there was a rather comical own goal from the goalkeeper Luke Daniels. Middlesbrough putting all the balls in all of the nets. So, with a one and a two, and uh, a Watmore and a Daniels, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what does that do points-wise? Well, as if taking the only points out of the first game wasn't enough, he's back, ladies and gents, because he's only gone and correctly predicted the score. Two points. However, no correct goal scorers. Uh, Stu, you just, had... just, just just quickly. I, I can't remember what I put down for the Huddersfield goal, but I do remember saying something along the lines of it'll be absolutely typical if Sol Bamba scores an own goal or something like that. There was mention of an own goal, yes. No. Just not having any more. No. I just, just, just thought I'd just, just because I said I said they'd probably score an own goal and there's they no, all and they almost do. They actually did. There's, there's no no points there though. Um, <laughs> Stu got some points. 
because they put the Borough down to win. But it is just the one, because unfortunately, you didn't get the goal scorer. So, you know, one's better than nothing. Well, he's, he's hindered himself by the fact that he's self-imposed that he can't pick what more anymore because he thinks he's a wine merchant. So. Well, here, well, I'm, I'm running out. You see, this is, this is what happens when you go and watch live football, because I'm not going to pick Tavernier anymore, because, you know, cows are some banjo territory. And, um, yeah... Just why, why? Why would I want to waste my time bothering with a little nasty, horrible man like him? Definitely thought you were going to come in there. Going to question his, his hair colour there for a second. Now you see, this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've given Paul enough stick that he's taking the piss out of himself these days. So. <laughs> um, unfortunately for Matt, a draw's not going to get you any points. And uh, neither of the of the goal scorers you predicted did anything. Um, as was my week of putting all the home teams down to win, uh, I also got a point because uh, I got a point for Middlesbrough winning. Uh, I did not get the goal scorer, so that's that, and that just leaves us with. Hull versus Millwall. Stew. Yep. Uh, well, for the fourth game in a row, Hull won. Uh, it's Hull City 2, Millwall 1, with George Honeyman and uh, Longman scoring for Hull. And, as if I didn't pick this guy as well, Bradshaw for Millwall. You know, each week I like to do the thing where I go, hey, put your hand up if you're getting points out of this game. Stu, at some point in time, you're going to have to start backing your own team because uh, because of your... No, it's working, it's working. <laughs> I don't have to. They're going to lose every week. Because of your 1-1 one, one prediction and uh, not getting any of the three goal scorers, it's, it's no points, sir. However... Points for Paul, putting Hull down to win. Just, just a little point for this guy. But uh, two games on the bounce brings two correct predictions. Matthew, take a bow with your 2-1 prediction. And just season it by the fact that you also went for the Honeyman to score a goal. Honeymans. And that's how, that's the thing, ladies and gents. Because things can change like that. Because up till that game, Matt had no points. After that game, Matt finished the week second. Changes like that. Changes like that. Uh, Stu, unfortunately... Uh, you are, you are last this week with just the one point. Uh, I am third this week. Two points. Matt, three points. You are second, sir. Look at him. He's going in for it, ladies and gents. That is right. Paul Williams takes the week with four points. Obviously, that means that our scores went one, two, three, four. So there you go, that is last week. 
done and dusted. Now then, where do you want to take us from here, Paul? Um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, 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 do a little, we'll do a little change in the, uh, in the old format and challenge. We'll, we'll discuss the sort of the week in football. Um, and I don't know if anyone else was going to bring this up. but um, So, we covered the England game the other week when they beat San Marino by 10 goals. And, and we discussed the fact that, you know, probably a little bit of a joke that they have to play them at all, as obviously they're not really at the, uh, at the level where it's even competitive. Well, let's take a little journey over to the female form of the game, shall we? Uh, so last night, I believe, I think it was a World Cup qualifier, was it? Correct. Uh, so it was a World Cup qualifier for England versus Latvia. And the game finished 20-0. So I think the uh, I think the connection broke up a little bit there. 2-0, uh, did you say? Uh, yeah, there was definitely a 2-0 in there somewhere, okay. but it wasn't 2-0, okay. uh, it was 20. I presume they had their keeper sent off in the first 30 no, seconds? No, no, but there was... Um, there was actually something that came up uh, during the uh, during the course of my uh, scrolling through Twitter, where uh, at some point someone put a <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh. Someone had put a clip on of the uh, the Latvian goalkeeper taking a goal kick, and I don't know whether she kicked the floor first, but it barely it barely made it out of the air. <laughs> oh God! Oh dear. <clears throat> We should probably mention as well that the uh, the Latvians decided that a change of goalkeeper was necessary for some uh, bizarre reason, probably the reason Paul just mentioned. And uh, the replacement goalkeeper lasted three minutes before they conceded. Oh my, this was this was in the ninety third minute or something. So the person taking the goal kick is the replacement goalkeeper. <laughs> Oh God! But, the, but so, I mean, I had this conversation with a, with a guy at work yeah, today. Obviously, the the standard between the top teams in the men's game and the and the lower the lower ranked teams in the men's game is it's it's like it's a bit of a chasm. But in the, in the women's game, it, it's 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 almost like it's almost like they're playing a different sport. It's it's just it's just not even it's just not even funny. I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in f- I, I think I've seen at least four of the qualifiers that they've played so far this se- in this round of fixtures where they've won by but they won by double figures in three if not four of the games and they haven't conceded. So I'd say England's women's teams probably what in the top five maybe of the of the world for like women's football that they're a very very good side to be fair, but. The, the sort of the minnows of the international women's game are so bad it's just not even it's just not even worth sort of like discussing really I mean like I say it... did you hear the uh, post-match press conference with the um, manager for the England side her name is escaping me right now but they basically they said to her do you, th- do you think that you maybe should have laid off a little bit and she went our jobs to go and score goals. If we'd have scored twenty, if we had the chance to score twenty-five goals, we'd have scored twenty-five goals. So uh, she did then concede that 
maybe that you know there was a bit of a like you said a, a gulf in class, but um, yeah, she she was not keen on like uh, laying it easy at any point at all. Why should, why should she be? Like it's, it's that thing where basically not not that it's gonna, but if it, if it ended up boiling down to ooh to qualify, it, it could go down to goal difference. Not that it's ever gonna, because they're obviously gonna win every game in the qualifying section. But if it did go down to goal difference, then. You know, why wouldn't you just go and absolutely like ping him in the top corner every five minutes and stuff like that? The worst. You the, the, it, they're heading for like you know, depending on I don't know who's in the rest of England's group. But you're looking at like having a positive goal difference of like seventy. And <laughs> oh, yeah. in, in however, if, if they're scoring double figures in most games, you're heading towards something ridiculous, and it kind of makes it you know like <clears throat> is it. It's certainly like rugby league and um, and possibly the cricket World Cup. Don't the smaller nations have to qualify, and the others kind of have an automatic kind of entry into the into the World Cup? So you kind of think that to give the lower level teams some kind of like opportunity to build stature. They need to perhaps play each other before they start, you know, because a twenty-nil whooping is just—it's <sighs> not going to—it's not going to encourage the girls in Latvia to go and take it up, is it? No, if you just no, it's not, it's not, it doesn't—it doesn't help anybody, does it? Just, just just to put it into perspective, though, some of the other results from the, the women's World Cup qualifiers. I mean, yesterday Germany won away in Portugal, three-one, standard scoreline, really. Sweden won at home against Slovakia, 3-0. Kind of a standard scoreline. Then we get to Austria away at Luxembourg. Yep, that was just the 8-0 win for Luxembourg. Then there was the England-Latvia result. The Republic of Ireland, you know, powerhouse of world football, playing Georgia. They also had somebody sent off. So yeah, just the 11-0 win for the Republic of Ireland. Um, I mean, Spain beat Scotland 8-0 uh, just uh, earlier on the day of recording. Norway played Armenia and won 10-0, so another double figure. So there's been some absolutely ridiculous scores in that qualifying. It's, it's, it's the difference crazy. between professional leagues and amateur leagues. and it, it, It's just, obviously, the, the, the Women's Super League... Um, yep. Possible. There's two different competitions, isn't there, over here? Um, and they're they're producing players. <clears throat> they're producing like a high standard and a kind of the structure to go and play regularly, and that's your job. Whereas these other countries, they're just not. <laughs> I know you don't, it sounds disrespectful. And, oh, you know what's the point, kind of thing. But there's twenty nil. It's just. We should we should probably not gloss over though the fact that um, there was three hat tricks amongst that which there's got to be a stati- four hat tricks sorry amongst that. Well, I was getting confused by the uh, number three in, in its entirety. They, they, um, actually, they actually they actually put something on Twitter about the fact that it was just the just the four match balls being taken away from tonight's game. One of one of the women did score four actually. To be fair. But then uh, well one one of the women who scored uh, Ellen White is now the record goal scorer for England who's. Uh, Moved up to four, I think forty-eight goals for a country. So. She's also the top scorer in the women's Super League record 
wise as well. She's got, I think it's 58 in that tournament overall. So she's uh, pretty handy in front of the uh, front of the posts. Yeah, I think I think basically the sort of the, the thing to take from it is the fact that these these t- I mean the idea is probably what the Nations League has been sort of created to sort of create this like competition between the sort of the lesser sort of nations and things like that. But they need to, they need to bring a thing in where I think they do it in the African nations qualifying where they do like. They do a pre-qualifying of sorts for the sort of the lesser teams, and then those are the teams that go forward to take on the the sort of the so the so-called better teams like your like your teams like Ghana, Nigeria, Tunisia, like teams like that that pretty much get to the World Cup like every time and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're getting to the point now where there's that many teams in UEFA that they can afford to make that sort of pre-qualifying tournament to get rid of some of the the lesser nations and then just, just have the sort of the best of the the best of the worst, I suppose, if you can class it as that, that goes forward. And, and you'd imagine that that will make those teams better over time because if they're playing against a similar level to themselves, they might up their game. They might have a chance of winning. So, and like you know, San Marino might score a goal for the first time in God knows how many years or whatever, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's sad, really. Away from the uh, women's international game, did you see the stuff about um, Gabriel, the Arsenal defender? No. Um, so he's targeted by armed robbers in his own garage. They tried to um, they tried to steal his, his car. I think it was something like a forty five grams worth of Mercedes. Um, two men came at him. One of them wielding a baseball bat, and he fought them off. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, good lad." Like he deserves at least a morning off for that. But um, the, one of the guy, the, the guy wielding the bat, um, they actually managed to um, arrest him. Tie him to the, the crime through DNA that fell off the hat that he was wearing, um, and the the um, the day before the evidence came to light, I think he'd already been jailed for five years for previous offences, and then that got tagged on to him as well. So uh, you know, if if any of the strikers are coming up against him this weekend in the Premier League, just you know, you're going to need more than a bat, basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, me. I have got. One or two other things to bring up, but I believe Andrew we might need to take a very short commercial break. This week's commercial break probably brought to you by that maybe. Oh, Stu's Stu's is definitely much better. What? What? I mean, that's I mean that's <laughs> the healthiest of all. To be fair, I mean today's podcast is brought to you by drinking. A very large amount of coffee, coffee in a very short space of time. So uh, there is that, you know. Buy coffee, people. It's great, and it's cheaper than <laughs> other things. Right, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to be back with you momentarily. For you, it'll be a short moment. For us, not that long. See you in two ticks. Recording in progress. There we go. Cheers, as always. Correct. So, we're back. We're back from commercial break. Let's talk.
talk more news. I believe there was we were halfway through. Yeah, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a weird one. It's obviously not it's not something that's very nice, unfortunately. It's, but it, it's for, for for once it's not it's not racism. It's not anything like that. It's no one like you know trying to attack players or anything like that. It's um it's stuff that's happening in the stands, but not like against the football. Like, so. Um, two of the games that have been played as we're recording um, is Watford versus Chelsea and Southampton versus Leicester. Um, both games have had periods like they've had a stoppage in the game because a person in the crowd at each game has suffered a cardiac arrest or something like that, um, which is which is awful. Obviously, the first like so it's happened. Um, it's happened a couple of times already this season. It's, uh, the first one I can think of was the Newcastle Spurs game. Yeah. Um, I think they took him off for about 45 minutes in the end, whilst the guy was getting um, like assessed and resuscitated and things like that. And the, um, the, the, guy, the guy was fine, apparently, and like, I think they, they covered about a week or so later that he was fully recovered and things like that. Still but, a Newcastle fan there. I mean, there is also that. There is obviously that that's, that's you know, not obviously never going to It's never going to help him, is it? But, you know. So it's just it's just strange that it's, you never really sort of heard anything like this. And then we've, we've had at least three in a very, very short space of time where fans are, yeah, just sort of keeling over in the stands. And it's, it's not good. If, any, if anything, though, it just goes, just goes to show that the uh, decision that was taken years ago to have defibs in the ground absolutely correct decision yep. well they put them everywhere don't they I, I, you walk around York and you see them sort of like dotted around in sort of random places they like Andy I remember this they put one in our office yep. that was that was there they actually gave they gave the option for people to take not, not classes as such but they were going to give a demonstration on how to use it mm-hmm. and things like that and it's um, it's definitely something that's that's proven its weight in gold. Let's put, let's put mm-hmm. that way, Absolutely. But it's just yeah, just strange that like you, you don't. I don't want to use the phrase it's like buses, but like you don't hear of anything like it happening. And it's like so many have happened in a short space of time, and it's just I suppose one of those weird ones that if you're going to have one anywhere, at the football's possibly one of the better places on because you know there's going to be at least two. Sets of medical professionals that are there to deal with, well, certainly not that, but medical emergencies and things like that. So it's and an ambulance on site, and an ambulance on site, and so that. So yeah, just weird, really, really weird, really weird. Anything else for the news? I guess, I guess, as the uh, we we talked last week about the the manager situation at Manchester United, yes, and then. They decided to go the complete opposite way to the stuff that we talked about. Um, probably no less than forty-five minutes after we'd finished recording. Um, as, as seems to be the one of anyone that we talk about on <laughs> podcasts. Well, this they've now appointed, aren't they? They've appointed an interim manager in a gentleman by the name of Ralph Ranyik, and can't get him a work permit yet. It seems. Which is a slight embarrassment, I guess. But Michael Carrick um, is penned to be in charge, I think, for the Crystal Palace game. Is it? Is it at this point where we just say that uh, you know 
if we were still in the European Union, he wouldn't have to have a work permit, would he? So, just saying. Yeah, should value by Brexit. Um, <laughs> all, all the people in Manchester that voted for Brexit. Exactly. Brexit this is on all you. The, all the Sorry, no, 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 no. No, it's Man United. All the people outside of Manchester that voted for Brexit, this is on you. All those Brexiteer Man United fans, you're to blame for this. Well, he's, he's been pending now anyway, once it finally comes through, because it, it probably will, um, to be the manager until the end of the season, uh, until they appoint a permanent manager, but then to go into a consultancy role for two years. Um I'm not really sure what that means. Like, is the new guy coming in going to actually have control of stuff? Is it going to be a, a, the Fergie David Moyes situation with the puppet master and that kind of thing? I, I imagine it's that thing. Well, to sort of get a little bit more in, in depth about this guy, I think he's seen as like the sort of the like the grandfather of German football or something. He's he's a he's a couple of people's like sort of mentors, such as Klopp and Thomas mm. Tuchel, obviously at Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, and he's the guy. I think he gave them both a start. Yeah, the game he was the manager. He was certainly the manager when Tuchel was still playing. Um, did you see? Did you see the um, interview with Klopp after it got announced when it was his presser? So I'm say something along the lines of, "Yeah, they've got a good one there." I'm a little bit annoyed about that. Yeah, yeah. Like along those lines. He said, he, he said basically it's bad news for every other team in English football. Was what he said. So that, the, the, it's good that there's a level of respect there, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of like he's he's almost like the German version of Marcelo Bielsa in a kind of weird way, like this manager, this like this manager guru who's like sort of does he sit on the bucket? I mean, <laughs> well, well, we'll never know until he gets his past of work. <laughs> there was the you see that there was like coverage of him, and he used to have like a punish, punishment wheel. So if you. <laughs> if you up in like in the match or in training, they'd have this kind of like reverse wheel of fortune thing, and they'd spin it, throw something at it, and that's what your punishment was for the week. And it'd be like going and cleaning, or going and uh, like working in the club shop, and all that kind of thing. And that's what he, that's what he'd do to kind of kind of punish the players, either for like yellow cards, red cards, that and, like messing up. Absolutely fantastic! <laughs> that is brilliant. It's kind of still like that link to the old school kind of thing, like you know the the managers that you don't have anymore, like the Cloughs, the Ferguson's, that kind of thing of like you know right, you're part of a football club, you, you and that means you're part of a football club. You know we talked about the kind of you know Bowie stuff before, and you just kind of like <clears throat> you know you're part of a football club. It's not just turn up, it's not just work. And I think I think that's the problem nowadays that it has become. It's work, and they turn up and they don't have a connection to the club and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, before it was, you know, this community that kind of talk about. Speaking from experience, if the punishment is to go and work in the club shop, if the team lose, <coughs> because that's all that people talk about until the next game. But yeah, um, <laughs> the other bit that I'd seen on the back of that was that. Um, you know, like I said, all the people that were mentioned for the uh, permanent manager's job then are now not been mentioned for the permanent manager. Well, the, the latest one to be thrown out is uh, just, especially for all the Manchester City fans, Roberto Mancini. Can't imagine that that's 
there's much truth to that. In fairness, I just feel like it's a bit of a like a to get it's people another, out. It's another one of those ones where like if if Gary Neville was there, he'd just say he's not he's not a Manchester United manager. He doesn't fit into the ethos of the club and all that sort of bollocks. What I'd be saying there is, I'm sorry, but the ethos of the club has won you shit all for the past eight years. Ever thought about maybe changing that ethos? You know, seems like it's not working anymore. Just a thought. It, but it's one of the most annoying things in football that whenever oh, we want one of our we want someone who understands the club, who played for the team, and you're like, are we sure about that? Because the person that you're modelling this on, you know, Ferguson. Again, you know, Ferguson, Clough, Wenger, all those never played for the club. Therefore, don't fit in with the ethos of the club because the person who kind of created the ethos didn't play for the bloody club in the first place. And and every single one of those managers that you mentioned at one point or another were very close to being sacked before going on to be pretty damn good at it, really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not going to start hashtag give Ollie his wheel back, but, you know... <laughs> Give all his wheel back. Oh man, what a, what a lovely hashtag that would be. <laughs> Use all your characters on Twitter up by the time you finish the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's all I had on that one. Anyway, the only the only one I got was the uh, kind of the, we seem to be saying this a lot recently is uh, Ray Kennedy, um, former Arsenal and Liverpool player. Uh, passed away at 70 years old so he's from from the northeast, from Seton Delaval which is like a little seaside town not not far from us in up here um, and he played for well kind of just reading through his thing he was released by Port Vale by Sir Stanley Matthews released him when he was manager there and then he just kind of casually went on and played for Arsenal and Liverpool and won some European trophies and stuff like that and Bob Paisley kind of said he was the uh, one of the best, one of the most underrated and greatest Liverpool players ever. Um, it's kind of sad he kind of um, was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1984, so then kind of lived another kind of 40 years before before passing away. So kind of probably kind of ended his career there getting getting Parkinson's when he did. Um, but yeah, just a kind of sad, sad from you know pass away and that kind of thing. So. Any other news? <laughs> one one small bit of news. Obviously, the last couple of weeks have, uh, have ended with the fact that Poole still don't have a manager. Well, at 9am this morning, they decided to change all that. And they have appointed the head of the under-23s team at Middlesbrough, uh, former player Graham Lee, as their new manager. So... He will take charge from this weekend. They, are, they had a game this evening in the Papa John's Trophy uh, where they were playing away at Sheffield Wednesday and which would have been a good place for him to start because that was one of his former clubs as well as Pools. Um, <clears throat> but the, uh, the, obviously, you know, as soon as they'd only been appointed this morning, um, it was deemed that the, the, the people that had prepared the team for this, this, uh, this evening's game would take the team. So... He'll, uh, his first official game will be on Saturday against Lincoln in the FA Cup. There we go. So, that's kind of last week done. We've got the 
what happened in the games last week out of the way and we've got the uh, news and stuff done. So that just leaves us to look forwards in time. Get our collective crystal balls out and uh, try and decide what it is that we're going to uh, see from the football this week. Only three games. Two well, I had, I, had a, I had a cheeky look ahead on this one. Unfortunately, Andrew, you're going to be uh, you're going to be disappointed in the uh, in the in the build up to the uh, that you know that that festival that we celebrate in a couple of weeks' time. Um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's there's basically no midweek games between now and Christmas. <clears throat> All that means is it's a reduced chance to get points on the board, but. Maybe it's like some kind of like distillation, so that we get like just the the finest points, the finest predictions. And speaking of those fine predictions, straight on to Middlesbrough taking on Swansea City. The way that it works is if it's your team, you pick last, so that you can basically pick the best of all the predictions that came before you. Um, I've already done my predictions and I will intersperse those throughout the predictions. But for Middlesbrough, Swansea City, I'm going to go over to the Pursuit of Hoppiness host with the most, Mr. Matthew Moore, to tell me what do you think is going to happen in this game? I think it's going to be a, a, what's it? It's going to be a defeat for Middlesbrough. Uh, 2-1 to Swansea. Oh. Goal scorers? I've got Sparrow for uh, for Middlesbrough. And then I've got a couple of I just I just picked a couple of names just to butcher, just you know, just for the just for shits and giggles. Um Piro, I think. <clears throat> and Unchum. N T C H A M. Okay. Well, unlike Matthew, I have more faith in Middlesbrough, and I've gone with a 2 0 Middlesbrough win. Uh, I like your pick for goal scorer, because I've also gone with Spara, but I've thrown Coburn into the mix to score the other goal. Stu? I'm, uh, I'm going completely the other way. Not only, from memory, I don't think Swansea have done particularly well in recent times. Borough seem to be a bit hit or miss. But I have gone for hit this week. And I'm going for Middlesbrough 3, Swansea 1. I love it. Goal scorers. I will go also for Spira. I will... uh, I've crooks to steal one, and uh, Mr. Patrick McNair to give him his Sunday name, and uh, then for Swansea for no other reason than the connection to the uh, getting over podcast and the next Mr. Grimes. Go on then, Paul. Tell us what your team is going to do this weekend. So. After the, uh, the fantastic exploits of their, of their win against Huddersfield on Saturday, I would like to go for another win. Um, 
we seem we don't seem to be able to keep a clean sheet at the minute. We seem to either concede or just give away goals, as apparently was the case on Saturday. Um, so I will go for two one, and for the Borough goals, I will go for Tavernier, much to shoe uh, much to shoe's chagrin. Have we put two goals in at that end? Crooks has looked good. Crooks has looked really good in the year in the in the three games that he's played under under Wilder so far. Um, no, I'm I'm gonna go for. I'm going to go a, a slightly slightly left field pick. I'm going to go for Dyke Steel. Okay. And your Swansea City goal? So, he wasn't officially an ex-Borough player, but in the summer, he was on trial, did play a couple of games, so I'm going to go for Jamie Patterson or Peterson, as he's only got one T in his name. Okay. Next, we've got Nottingham Forest taking on Peterborough United. <coughs> Matt, you'll pick last. Um, I went second last time, so I went first this time to let you boys know the lay of the land, so that you can, you know, really know where things lie. Uh, it's a one-nil Forest win for me, and. I'm almost tempted to not even say who I've put down to score that one goal because, you know, he's got to get them 60 in at some point, hasn't he? So, um, Stu, as a man taking a sip from a glass of fine, fine beer. Um, I've gone for another confident home win, also by a two-goal margin. So it is Nottingham Forest 2, Peter Brunel. And I've also, I've also gone for Mr. Graben, and he's not been mentioned for a while, so we'll uh, we'll give Master Yates to run out again. Uh, he, he is so slow. That was one of the things saw in the in in the West Bromwich Albion match. Jesus Christ! Even the speed that I ran on Sunday, I couldn't overtake him. Jesus, wet, he's slow. <laughs> If it goes in, if it goes in off his left nut, I don't care if it's points. That's fine. I'm happy with that. You have to get there first. <laughs> It'll be a hell of a ricochet, is what you're telling me. Ah, incredible. The Irish wrestler. Incredible. <laughs> Paul. So what have we had so far? A one nil and a two nil. I think you can see where I'm going. A nil-nil draw. Cool. Uh, three nil to Forest, please. Yes. Correct. I will have a grab and double. And seeing as there is much mucho talko of uh, of his loan being terminated early, and him coming back home for Christmas, well, the New Year, technically, I suppose. I will go for Jed Spence to score. I like it. Go on, Matt. What's your team doing this weekend? 
Um, I'm, I'm annoyingly, I agree with Paul. I've gone for three nil. Mm. <clears throat> after three, after three draws on the bounce, and like not kind of decent, decent results to be fair. Um, I think coming home against Peterborough, three nil. I've got everybody's got him. Got Graben to score one. I think he's at he's at eight for the season, so he's kind of like rounded into a bit of form. I think uh, Johnson, because I've predicted him most weeks and still hasn't scored yet, so I'm going to predict him until he scores. And then another one of my favourites to predict because he's up there, McKenna, to uh, to get a, to get a goal. Has, has Lolly scored yet this season? Maybe like maybe in the cup, I think. The other thing I meant to mention in the review of the West Brom match, McKenna and Samba got into an argument. That is a fight I would like to see. Jesus <laughs> they are angry versus angry French. Is he French? <laughs> oh, no, I can't think. He's uh, like he's from one of the French-speaking African nations. I can't remember which one it is, but I'll be willing now. But Paul's just hoping that he finds a random angry Frenchman to fight, obviously. <laughs> oh, Christ, they, they were arguing, and I'm thinking, oh, if they throw down, this could be an epic one, this one, because no one's going to get in the middle of that one. Yeah, you know, Bree Samba, born in the Republic of the Congo. There we go. Sure. Yeah, that quality to see that fight is about to be... All the managed lads were going to sell tickets for this first, but taking odds. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, that brings us to our final game of the week. Comes around so quick when there's only three to talk about. Uh, and uh, strap yourself in, kids, because Stu's about to predict a 3 uh, 0 Reading win. Um, but not until the last pick. So uh, you'll have to, have to wait for this one. Um,. Paul, why don't you lead off on this one? So just how many games on the how many games on the spin of the one now? Just you. Oh. Is there such a thing as fifth times the charm? No, I thought he was going to give it the old five time, five time, five time, five time. Yeah, go on then. Stick me down for a yeah, a nil two. Mm. Like the sound sweet of this weekend, isn't it? Like the sound of that a lot. See if you can get the same goal scorers. It's almost too easy to say Lewis Potter, isn't it? Well, it rolls off the tongue, so yeah. Yeah, it's almost too easy to say it, but. Not quite too easy, so we'll go for Lewis Potter. Mm -hmm. You're on track so far. Let's see if you can get my other goal scorer. I, I, I know for a fact that based on his last couple of weeks' performances, you have definitely written the name of Honeyman now. I was so tempted. I was like, no, <laughs> it's too obvious. Don't do well, it. Well, exactly. It's too obvious. I'll be kicking myself. I am also not going to fall into that trap, but I am going to now check the, uh, the team from their last game. I don't, I don't, uh, even though I've not picked Honeyman, I'm not going to fall into the trap of picking Longman, uh, his, his, his half-brother or whatever. Yeah, he scored in the last game. 
exactly. That means he's, that means he's not getting anywhere near the goal. Is yeah. it? Now, now that you've mentioned him, though, I believe I remember tipping him to be like one to watch this season. And the last, indeed the last few That's games. His, his assist and then conversion rate I mean we won't look at the full season just for the purposes of me getting <laughs> points there we can look at the last three games that's fine I will go for McLaughlin or is he the sort of centre half who basically is told if you go anywhere further than the edge of this box I'm going to snap your legs in I think he's got one of them little collars fitted so if he goes too far it zaps him so <laughs> An e Matt, what have you got? I've gone a 2 1 Redden. A 2 1 Redden win. <sighs> Who's going? All good things come to an end, kind of thing, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, I've gone for an Andy Carroll. Goal. It sounded like he went off injured. I mean, <laughs> injured already. Shock horror. <laughs> I thought he came on as a substitute. <clears throat> he came on. <laughs> he can still, and then, he can still get clocked because he's a walk. It's like he's a walking room, <laughs> is he basically? <clears throat> and is it Swift um, for Reading? Now I'm going to have to go and search the depths of Reading goal scorers. Um, and the Lewis Potter for Hull. Um, my prediction is almost identical to Paul's. It's a nil-two. Lewis Potter and Wilkes scoring. Uh, so it just leaves the man himself. He's coming out strong. It's going to be a five-nil. So I predicted a strong home win for Borough. I predicted a strong home win for Reading. So seen as so, uh, sorry for Forest. So seen seen as uh, seen as Huller away this week, I might as well predict a strong away a strong home win for Reading, like I just blatantly gave that away and completely goosed that. So yeah, I am picking uh, Reading two, Hull nil. Madman. He wasn't even he wasn't even taking the piss. He actually has gone for a strong home. Yep. Um, I was then going to layer it up by saying this is something that the first guy's never done, and then just say Carol and Drinkwater. Um, but if Carol's injured, I'll still go. For, I'll, st- I'll still go for Drinkwater. Now I don't know if he is, but he definitely sound. He definitely sounded like he went off injured on Saturday, or when. Right. He- or when they cut to the Soccer Saturday feed, the, the woman covering the game certainly said, mm, yeah, you don't like to see it, because he, he looked like he was down. In- I mean, you know, he, he has played a whole, what, at least 25 minutes of football. So. At least 11 minutes of football. <laughs> um, on, on the proviso that he then has got injured, um, I, I will go for... Screw it. Let's go for Scott Dan, purely because that's the one that I feel most confident in saying at this point in time. I'll tell you something. We're all we're all doing him a disservice here. He started the game. What, Andy Carroll? Yeah. Subbed off after 81 minutes, actually, according to mm. 
that's uh, 81 minutes more football than he's played in the last, what, however many seasons. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. There we go. The click of the pen signifies the end of the predictions. And that then brings us swiftly to the any other business section. Obviously, we've done things a little bit weirdly way round and all that. Uh, Stu has his hand up. Just a little bit of a random one, you know, like at the end of the news where they give you like the story for a bit of uh, light-hearted entertainment. A cat that was saved from a tree. Yeah. Well, it's it's better than that. This is incredible. So, um, this week in I suppose this week in football, well, this week in uh, a Norwegian league game, uh, Viking defender Brekalo was sent off for attacking his own goalkeeper. Good luck, Adam. A bizarre incident came in the final moments of what ended as a 3-2 win. Bracalo was sent off during Sunday's elite Syrian match against Christian Sunt after attacking his own goalkeeper in the 95th minute. So, obviously, you know, fair play. He's waited until the points were in the back before dropping his mate. But, <laughs> like, it got it got me thinking, like, uh, like, there must have been other incidents where people have fought their own teammates and got sent off. And the first one that I came across was somebody from Grimsby Town, so, you know, a little bit closer to home. Yeah, Kieran Dyer. Was it Kieran Dyer Lee Bowie? Certainly yeah. was. They both, did they both get sent off? Oh, yeah. And it was that one where, they, as they got separated, you could see Bowie had his shirt ripped and he was proper snarling and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's happened a couple of times. I mean, that's a while ago, because I'm sure that was around... 2005? Yeah. Maybe. It was, that, that story was one of them ones that I just I sort of heard it in the background, and I was like, ah, I'd have quite liked to have been... That must have been the most bizarre thing to have seen. Especially for like one of the supporters in the stand, you're there to go and watch your team, and then they've just fought each other. Got a good result, lads, so we played really... Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Because because you've reminded me of it, based on what you said there, <laughs> they covered this on Soccer Saturday as well. In um, I think it was an FA Trophy game. It was Chester versus Kurz and Ashton, I believe. Um, the game had to be paused after 15 minutes because an announcement went around the ground uh, that someone needed to move their car. Um, and it turned out that the person who needed to move their car was the ref. <laughs> so the game had to be stopped so the ref could go and move his car. <laughs> Absolutely textbook. But yeah, that'll do. I'll tell you what, we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try and find one of those a week because I like that. That's, that's a nice little uh, that's a nice little sort of like pick me up end of segment pod uh, for the podcast little sort of bit. There must be something nonsense like that that happens in football each week, so... Yeah. I'll, I'll do my best to try and find something like that each week. End on a high note. Wonderful stuff. Well then, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, it's uh, it's my job to say thank you very much to you for joining me, taking these lovely people through the sometimes choppy waters of the football world. We will be here next week talking even more football, whether it's talking about the games we've already predicted, the games to come or even the football news. Until then, thank you very much, gentlemen, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done. 
Another one in the bag. Another one in the back of the net. Maybe I should have said that. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening or watching. And if you are listening or watching, wherever you get your podcasts, please do subscribe. You can also jump over to our website, cookiecast.com, check out our social media links, our email links, and you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.